knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, y'all. It's Walt. Welcome back. I'm joined by the turkey slayer himself, Leighton Harvey. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. He's the only one of the, of the, of the Chasing Tales crew, the crew being the two of us, <laughs> to have killed a turkey, multiple turkeys that is. Yeah, four in seven days. Four in seven, well, he has not killed all four, but I feel like I have to diminish you to yeah. just a little bit. He he has been the death of four turkeys, either by uh, pulling the trigger or by... Yeah, me and, me and uh, Bert calling, them, calling in. them in. Yep, so we are back for the second episode. Glad you could join us. couple of disclosures here at the beginning. I am not feeling well. The allergies have gotten the best of me, so I sound a little raspy. I may cough a couple times. I, full disclosure, I apologize. In addition, we're here at my house down here in Florida recording this episode, and my, my puppy's here. My wife's not here to take care of him, so he may bark a couple times. We may be interrupted, but this is organic. This is us. This is our life, and, you know, it. You know this this is an authentic experience. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got some exciting news. Yeah, we picked up a – we have a new – Sponsor, don't we, Walt? Sponsor and partner, Wild Game Inc. They are the maker of the stepladder, which is a really unique system of climbing the tree. Simple. Simple. Safe. Safe. Very safe. More safe than I think a lot of the systems that are out there because what they have is an individual step. Each step is, is modular. You put it above you and you step up to it. So if you have a tree that's crooked or twists or there's branches you in the way, you want leans. Yeah. Right, so you're not you're not uh, taking a big string of sticks and ratcheting them. I've everybody's been there where you ratchet that thing down and it kind of makes still, you feel still not quite as stable as you'd like right, it to be. This right. way you can put it however you want and basically you can wrap around the tree and climb the tree like a snake would. Absolutely, literally. absolutely. And and that for people like you which hunt private land, you can put it on the tree. The ropes are polypropylene, yeah. so the bugs aren't going to eat them. Squirrels aren't going to eat them. It's not going to rot. You can leave it. You can leave it there. Or for me, they're so light that you can pack them in and out, take them off the tree, and when you're hunting public land. So it works. And we're really excited to partner with them. You're going to hear a lot 
about how we use them. These these steps are not something that you could only use during deer season. More importantly, they're something that you can use year-round. And we're going to dive into that deeper. We'll have Drew on here at some point in time and talk about the product. And we're, we'll we'll educate you as to how we're using that product. So we're only going to take on a, a few sponsors here for this podcast. And every one of them is going to be one that we believe in. So. All, right. All right. So anyways, so we got that out the way. Let's uh, let's talk turkeys. Let's get to, my idea for today was kind of we just give a, a general turkey hunting update, how our seasons have gone and. Uh, mine's coming to your close. Yours is really just hitting its prime. You still got yeah, a couple weeks to go. We still got a little little bit to go. Maybe a month. I think. Right. Maybe right. a little less. How's um, your how's how's your turkey season gone thus far? Eh, you know, it's been all right. Yeah, all right. My behind. <laughs> Four birds in seven days, either called or killed. You have been the death of four birds. Yep. You have aided and abetted the yep. the death of four birds. Me and Bert. There you go. Well, and your daddy too. Yeah. He just pulled the trigger. Well, he, he was involved. I mean, take. <laughs> uh, I may or may not know of someone who failed to pull the trigger, and he is directly blamed for whether or not a turkey died that day. So, if one if, of the biggest birds I've ever seen, <laughs> and I told him it was the biggest bird I'd ever seen, and he didn't pull the trigger. So, um, that's um, yeah. I think that ought to be reserved for a, a set of for a, a later episode of what not to do. Yeah, while turkey hunting, he was handed a pretty much custom <laughs> turkey gun that could kill a bird at sixty-five yards. Hold on now, hold on. Better than a door now. Keep, let's just keep that. Right, we'll keep just, that under wraps. Giving, giving yeah, you're giving a little, little details. Teaser, teaser yeah. for the upcoming "What Not to Do While Turkey Hunting" by <laughs> Walter Lee, illustrated by Leighton Harvey. <laughs> now, but uh, yeah, so tell us, tell us a little bit about the the deaths of those birds. How. What made him significant? What uh, was your favorite? I think we already perhaps? talked about the one with Dad. You talked about the two with your yeah. dad? Yeah, um, that was this year. Um, and then the one Monday morning, uh, my bird, it wasn't technically called a true double bird, but... Uh, double beard? Yeah. Um, but um, he was a 11 quarter inch beard, and then he had a split. Well, hold on, hold on. Set, set the stage for us. Where were you hunting? I Give us the new farm, These, these fellas are trying to, you know... They're at work. They're stuck behind a cubicle. Let's let, let's give them some some hunting hunting images in their mind. Where the sun was rising just over the <laughs> well, walked in six thirty in the morning, had them gobbling at six forty five, and then a fog rolled in, truly, and um, decided to stay there for about forty five minutes. Well, I never saw this bird fly down. But he was gobbling his head off all morning, and he flew down. Well, finally, I could see him spitting and hear him spitting and drumming, and I could see him, and he was full strut and everything and doing his thing out there. No hens, no nothing. And the day before, there was 12 hens in here, the same field with another bird, and that bird and those hens were nowhere to be found. So this bird shows up out of nowhere. Um, now, this is on your new farm, yes, right? Yes, this is on the okay. new farm. New piece of property. And um, he did his thing for... 30 minutes to the right of me and I thought I couldn't kill him then so strutting I, or talking oh, strutting gobbling everything you could imagine right. full, full fireworks saying. yeah everything live action um so he was sitting there doing his thing and I'm sitting there doing my thing and finally I said well it's either he's either gonna come around the corner or he's not <coughs> so uh I yelped at him a couple times plucked at him purred at him everything I could possibly do and then I just dropped the call just literally just dropped it and I said, that's it. I said, either he's coming or he's not. 
Now hold on. So you you made the decision not to call? Yeah. Or you okay? Yeah. So you didn't just I like just, drop I, the accidentally? No, I literally okay. just this is intentionally purpose. dropped it. Right. So I wouldn't touch it again. And I said to myself, either he's coming or mm-hmm. he's not. Right. So he comes around there, ten minutes later. He finally's mad enough that he's like, "Well, where'd my hen go? That was over there in the bushes, clucking at me." So he decides to waddle his way over there because this bird's probably. 20 pounds good bird for south georgia and he steps out in front of me and i'm like huh double beard or i think it's a double beard at least and um what it was was it was 11 and a half inch 11 and a quarter inch beard with an eight inch split off right of the main beard right um it's like a little break between the two no it was an actual split off it was actually you'll, you'll see it when i get him back i'm having him mounted um of course you are yeah of course i am first bird on new farm Dang, i'm right no that's um, Inch and a quarter spurs on this bird, but what? You doing happened? a fan with like the, the spurs underneath? Or? Oh no, full strut goblin. Boy, I can't wait to hear how sour you are when you get that bill. Or I'm hoping it'll be a it'll be a um a Christmas present from uh, chasing tails is what I'm hoping. <laughs> Ho- yeah, hoping hoping that's what'll happen. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he comes over there and he he. Starts to investigate, and I'm shaking like a leaf because he's seven steps away. Literally seven steps away. He's a short man, so. Yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> I could, I, about, he was, he was another, picture your standard 12 gauge. He was about that far from the end of my barrel. So I pulled the trigger, and of course, see, I have this ongoing thing with turkeys where I can't hit them unless I'm in a high-stress situation. Hold on, I think we need to back up because... <laughs> It has more to do. It, it it extends past just turkeys. It's all moving game. No. Yes, because even in the duck line, we'd be kayaking. It'd be the third shot. You drop the bird. It's all or nothing. Your back's up against the wall. Either that that teal's gonna get out to spread, or it's. Well, we don't probably want to go there because Walt might not like what I had to say about him in the duck line. It, it, it's kind of <laughs> it's pitiful sometimes. How, yeah, it's how bad. It works. It's real bad. I'm not a good wing shooter. <laughs> but um, anyway, me and turkeys literally. There is some kind of curse on Leighton for turkeys because he cannot hit them if they're if they're standing still. Period. He's gonna waste three shells on every turkey he kills. So his his shell bill for hunting turkeys every year, if he limits out, is about a hundred dollar bill at least. Some expensive turkey breast. It, it is. It's very expensive. Um. So, anyways, bang, I miss at seven yards or seven feet, steps, whatever you want to call it, way too close. It's like throwing a baseball at his head. Bang, I miss at ten steps. That's still just as bad. So, then he runs out there. I think the gun's jammed. So, I check the gun and all of this, and there's fog everywhere. I can barely see this bird. So, then he waddles back out there to where he was strutting. Bang, I hit him. He flops one time. He's done. Like I said. So, he came back. I hadn't heard this part of the story. So you shot twice, and he came back to where he was? No, he went back to where he was strutting, 40 yards to the right. Oh, so you made the 40-yard shot. Yes, seven. but I can't make the seven-step <laughs> shot. Okay, shots. now in your defense, it probably has a lot to do with the tightness of the choke. No, no. I, I just <laughs> when, no. I can, when I can see his eyes blink, I'm going to miss. I've already just got that in my head. Um, you ought to just start loading with a blank in the first. Right, be first a two cheaper. shells, yeah, it might be a little cheaper. <laughs> but what happened was when I killed him with the 40-yard shot, I never thought I could shoot through the the this trash that was in front of me to my right because I thought he was going to come from my left and he ended up coming from my right. Didn't read the script. I didn't know that there was a script to read on. Turkeys. No, the turkey. The oh turkey. yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, he did. He didn't <laughs> read you. what he was supposed to read. Um, 
But anyway, so I shot him through the nastiest, thickest, most disgusting briar patch you could ever imagine, and I never, ever, ever thought this I would have hit this bird. The, the third shot was really, I guess, just out of frustration. But I, I guess I had it on his head, and I, I guess it gave the shot long enough to go spread out. Um, but yeah, so that bird's in the books. Um, and then, Walt, you want me to go ahead and tell the last Sunday's hunt? Which part of it? Which one? The one with Bert. Yeah, no, definitely. So then, because they've already heard about the first two, so you might as well finish it up. And, yeah, might as well tell the third. Right? Yeah, and well, I'm sure there may even be an <laughs> amendment to this because you still have season to go. Yeah, it's kind of fishing season now, though. <laughs> <laughs> His saltwater fishing addiction is about to kick in. Um. Well, anyway, so my buddy Bert, best one of the better turkey hunters I know. Um, man lives and breathes turkey. He might not like me saying that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> tell him not to listen to the second episode. Um, but uh, he's he's my hunting buddy up in Georgia, and that's that's who I run with turkey hunting. So we start out on the new farm because I'd roosted two birds there the morning before, and uh, this is all in the first week of season. And we go over there; those birds are nowhere to be found. Now, granted, we have this tame bird that is on a neighbor's piece of property that really gives us a fit. Because every time we yelp, he gobbles. Uh, so we're hoping one day that he gets out and he messes up and he waddles on over to wherever we're calling so we can right. fix this problem we're having with mm-hmm. this bird that gobbles <laughs> every time we yelp. So anyway, so we start on the new farm, nothing. Zero. Just nothing. Well, there's this bird hammering on my piece of property, which is quarter mile, mm-hmm. half a mile from the new piece of property so we're sitting there and Bert's just man that bird is on fire over there on your new piece of property or on the old piece of property and I was like man we can't kill that bird there's no way so finally we're frustrated it's 9.30 in the morning we're just like whatever so we go and pull in the power line on the old piece of property and we walk up there yelp a few times don't see anything we get a hen to yelp back at us and um we're like, okay, well, maybe there's a gobbler in there, and he just saw us walk up, and he's not going to talk. So we go and sit down on the power line on the edge of the woods, and it's an open power line, and there's pine trees across from us, and there's pine trees behind us. And we're sitting there yelping, and all of a sudden, this hen comes and flies and sits right over the top of us. This is at 930 in the morning. This hen is still in the tree. Still in the tree? Still in the tree. So then we're sitting there, and we hear this thing honk like a goose. And we're like, what is Bert on a diaphragm call? No. <laughs> I knew that wasn't the case. So we're sitting there and it's honking at us. And we're like, it's not a goose. A goose doesn't light in a tree. Well, next thing we know, there's a peacock. <laughs> I remember this. Over the top of us, trying to act like a gobbler. <laughs> and he honks instead of gobbles. And I looked at Bert and we're sitting there scratching our heads like, is that what what is this and we look up and it's it he's full strut in the tree on the limb a peacock and i looked at bert and i said telling you if he flies down and he struts he's gonna die (laughs) i'm killing him i said because roasted peacock i'm telling you with a rosemary he is not a natural species and i can kill him (laughs) invasive species and he is trying and that would make a hell of a full body oh that would be beautiful wouldn't it (laughs) 
and he is trying to breed my hens. We gonna have some inbred turkeys. They're gonna be weird. Might be a new, might be a new breed. Yeah. Well, anyway, so the hen flutters down and she goes on in the younger pines across the power line, which is not our property. Well, this peacock sits there and honks at us for thirty minutes. Literally, it, it's it's like a train horn. Whenever he's, it's the weirdest, funniest. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> it would scare you if you walked up on it in the dark. You'd probably turn around and go back to your truck. Um, but anyway, he flies down and goes and follows the hen and never gives me a shot. So then me and Bert were walking out. We get up. We walk down the road. We're like, oh, it's over. And we look across the road, the paved road. Now, this is like a highway. Across a pond, across a fence, across another fence to an area they burned in the neighbor's property on the power line where they run cows. And there's... Three, we get the binoculars out. There's two jakes and three or four hens and then a strutter. And we're like, nah, there's mm-hmm. no way. We're like, huh? It's 9.50 at this point, 10 o'clock. We're like, hey, let's see if we can. Right. Like, normally you're not going to pull this bird off of hens. He's just not going to leave them. So we're sitting there and Bert gets on the mouth call and yelps at him and yelps at him and yelps at him. And I get on the box call and yelp at him trying to just change it up. And, um. So he starts, we're sitting there, and we're like, oh, he's kind of easing away from him. And we're like, no, he's still not coming. So then we sit there, we call, we call, we call. And he literally splits off completely, completely splits off from these birds. And granted, he has to come through somebody's front yard to get to us. So we're sitting there calling, calling, calling. He's gobbling his head off, coming to us. And we're, you know, no, it's not. It's still, he's just out there playing, having Mm -hmm. fun. He's still 800 yards at this point. So then we lose him completely. And I said, Bert, we better sit down. So we just sat down in the middle of the power line. The power line's grown up six foot tall, five foot tall. And um, we call, call, call. And then Bert pops his head up, and he's on the pond dam strutting. And we're like, okay, he's 200 yards closer, maybe. Well, then we, he just went silent, and we lost him. So we eased over to the edge of the woods and sat down. And we call, 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 trying to get him fired up, trying to get him fired up. And he never gobbled again. Then right as he got to the last fence, he gobbles one time. And then he starts plucking. He said, they're just trying to figure out how he's going to cross this last fence to get over there to us. So he does that for about three minutes, and we can't see him. We don't know where he's at. Then all of a sudden, he just shuts up completely, just goes quiet. He comes across the road, and I told Bert, I thought I saw him. We were about 100 yards from the road. And I thought I saw his head move by the woods. And Bert's like, no, maybe but no, I don't know where he went. Right. Next thing I know, this bird is eight steps in front of us, (laughs) and we think that he is going to, what happens is he gets up and he flies. Well, we think that he's flying away. So, of course, me being the crack shot that I am when they're sitting still, (laughs) I show my talent whenever they're flying. It wasn't a pretty shot, but it got the job done. Anyway, we think whenever he gets up to fly... That he's leaving us when really he's just jumping a log. <laughs> but we already were five, 10, 15 steps away from him. We think he's getting out of Dodge, but really he'd have walked right on top of us. So, bang, I knock him for a loop, knock feathers everywhere, just, you know, everywhere. And then Bert goes boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and then I finished my, all my shells. We shot this bird six times and probably only hit him once, truthfully. <laughs> and we walked down the power line and he's laying there in the middle of the power line dead at the door now 
and I'm completely out of shells. We're scrambling trying to find shells because, you know, like I said, my turkey bill is expensive for shells every year. But that was probably one of the hardest hunts. Yeah, that I, I pick hard hunts. I we, we do some crazy things that people say can't be done with turkeys, I guess. And I don't know if it's luck or what it is, but that's the second time this season so far that I've been able to do what the book says normally can't be done. Um, the three things in that hunt that they said you can't be done is pulling them away from hens, pulling them across a highway, and fences. Mm. That was the three main I things. Think, I think what you and I are going to have to have a podcast after this. Maybe the next one we record. I don't know. But kind of on the how to hunt turkeys by the book and how when hunting turkeys by the book doesn't work, what to do next. Because there's not a whole lot written about that. You hear you hear about, you know, how you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. And, but uh, I don't think you, I, I, I'm self-taught turkey hunting. So I don't really know a whole heck of a lot about turkey hunting. I've just had to teach myself. Right. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be on to to have been taught a little. Right. Um, by a, by various different people. Um, I've just paid attention a lot when I when I got the well, chance to go. Yeah, and I, and I think you work hard. You know, Thomas Jefferson has a quote. It's one of my favorite ones about luck, and he says, "I'm a great believer in luck." And the harder I work, the more often I find myself with luck. Getting lucky. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, you know, there's a lot to be said for just being persistent. And just because the birds aren't calling or whatever um, or talking back to you or they're hung up or something, doing something unorthodox and uh, hoping that it, you know, pays dividends for you. Yeah, I've, I've kind of got a spot for turkeys for me. I love them. But, yeah, I've got, I've got a spot for turkeys, and I, I enjoy, enjoy turkey hunting a lot, a lot. Um I guess that's kind of my my in between my saltwater addiction and my ducks and deer. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a that's a big deal for you. And, and I've grown to like turkey hunting a lot because for me, I've always thought that hunting for me, this is my personal opinion, requires a certain degree of effort. It's not just sitting there and 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 hoping that something eventually comes by. It's I always feel like to be a predator, I need to have done something besides the bare men minimum to to have earned that game bird and for this is a similar reason why i like duck hunting is i have to learn the language of that animal turkey hunt especially i have to learn the language of that animal i have to read his body language i have to understand the anatomy and the fact that i'm fighting against his natural inclinations not to come to me then the the hen wants to go to him and i love that aspect of it the, and then the the absolute frustrations that come from from the bird reading the script or not reading the script and, and adjusting from that. So. And 90% of the time, they're not going to read the script. No. That's like me and Bert. That's all hunting, we, but yeah. Whenever we killed that bird, most people would have been frustrated and had enough. Right. I mean, honestly, most people would have. So let, just, me, let me ask you this. What, what do you think was the single, this season, let's look at that last, that last hunting, uh, that last hunt that you went on where you, you killed that bird with Bert. What do you think was the number one? You had to pick one thing. Actually, let's do this for the whole season. What do you think is the number one thing that leads to your success? Aside from having private land to hunt. We're not going to throw that in there because that's not fair. Birds don't read the script. But And technically, on this one, 
this bird was on somebody else's property completely. Right. Like this bird sure. shouldn't even have been. Sure. This, I don't know what happened with this but bird. But what do you, if you could, you have to point it to one thing, tactic, style, call sequence, call you use. What do you think the one thing is that allowed you to kill four birds in seven days? Right. Weren't one, ready for that. Huh? One thing, let's just, let's just do it hunt by hunt. The last hunt was me and Bert hunting together when you put me and him together it's the way we call and the way we communicate and bounce off each other that is that's the deciding factor for the bird on the other end 90 percent of the time whenever me and bert together when you put me and bert together it is hot and if there's birds around it is hard so a good hunting partner yeah okay me and him are me and him are hard to beat sometimes when we're on together what about the bird that you shot by by myself by yourself I would say learning when to quit, not overcall. There you go. Learning when to put right. it down, and it took me eight years to to be able to put it down. Yeah, literally to be able to just say, eh, whatever. He's either coming or he's not. It right. took me maturing and getting older and more wise for me to stop calling, and that's hard for a lot of people to do um, to put a call down. The birds with dad, the double, I would say aggressive calling and getting really crazy with what you do. Flounce around in leaves, breaking sticks yeah, and knocking right. around stuff. Sounding not like a, not like what the book says a turkey sounds like. Right. Like that's one thing Walt will say whenever he works with me and hunts with me is I don't sound like the book when I call. 90% of the time. Right. I just, yup, 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 is not going to kill him. Right. It's just not. Well, it could. It could, but your wiry old time, wily old time, rather. Oh, is, he's not going to. Right. Not. Nah, he's you, been hearing calls he, his entire life. Yeah. yeah exactly. Right. You, sometimes thinking outside the box. So you, I guess you've got to. Yeah. <clears throat> like that weird Walmart call that you laugh at and say won't work because it squeaks. Is that heard, the one you were using? No. Oh. <laughs> you set me up there. I was thinking, Dad, gum. No, but. That weird, right. that weird call that you go buy for twenty bucks at Walmart. That's like, yeah, 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 and that's what it sounds like. I've heard hens that sound like that, right? Literally, and right. and it it sounds like something that you would never expect it to sound like. I've heard hens that sound like a wood duck whistling into a roost, right? Whenever they yell, it is. It, turkeys are not built like a finely tuned machine. They're every one of them's different. I used to have a gobbler that lived behind my house that we called half gobble because literally when he gobbled, it was, oh. And he had a 13 and a half inch beard. Right. You would think he was a Jake, but literally he would just go, dool, dool. That was his gobble. Yeah. And he was huge. Well, my season came to an end. It's done. I'm a little bitter about that. He found an outhouse. I found an outhouse. Yeah, that was cool. I, that was, <laughs> I guess we'll just go ahead and dive right into that. Might as well. Um, I hunt mainly public land by myself, and this season I hunted with a, a fella who we met during the past duck season that's a story we'll tell later it's a really funny story uh it, it it's odd how you make friends in life and and uh, this fella is new to hunting he's two years into it and he's 25 years old so the fella i think he's 25 he's in his 20s how's that so he's he's real new and it's an interesting dynamic because you think of new hunters you think of people who are kids you know that's that's the most 
stereotypical. And what what's the first thing that pops to mind with kids? And that is, well, you got to make it fun. You got to be quick with things. You got to make sure they see things. Are you going to take snacks with you? Can they sit still? Okay, well, what not, gun are they going to shoot? What gun are they going to shoot? Can they shoot a gun? Yeah. So a variety of different things with a with a hunter in his twenties. You have a fully capable grown man. He may not have his hunting wits about him right. yet, and that's not to insult the fellow. He's a very smart guy. He's doing a lot of reading. He's, but fact is, he doesn't have hunting wits about him yet. He's developing those. But the cool thing is, I'm not worried about entertaining him. I'm not worried about making it a short hunt. I'm not worried about what gun he can hold, and I'm not worried about him stepping on snakes right. while turkey hunting. So the cool thing is, I, I end up gaining a, a really good partner who will, who is absolutely ate up with it. I mean, the, the boy is just, the, the man's just absolutely ate up with hunting in general. And I said, hey, we need to walk past that ridge and see if we can't find those birds. And he says, all right, let's go. He doesn't complain. He doesn't, he, oh, I'm tired. Oh, we'll come back next. No, man, he is, he is ready to go. And actually, to be honest with you, he quit last Saturday after I quit. I called it because I needed to come home and get something to eat, and he was willing to walk down the ridge at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. He was going to hunt all the way to the end of uh, legal hunting land on public land. and uh, But he and I chased chased turkeys the past two weekends together, and uh, the last weekend we had a pile of birds talking. I mean, just it was like an orchestra of birds. We snuck back up against this river bottom where we thought the birds were, kind of went in blind, and got about within 200 yards of a pile of birds absolutely on all angles except for a head of uh, except for naturally the way we were facing there were birds in every direction <coughs> excuse me and we elected about 10 minutes after they started talking we could tell they were still up on the trees that we needed to move a we're facing the wrong direction Two, we need to cut the distance on those birds because the the hens are all still you know, grouped up so that if the hens get there before, you know, the gobblers do, it's, it's done. Bad news bears. And so we move back in this bottom and we're creeping up over a hill. And just as we creep up over a hill, train blows its horn. Bert hadn't heard for the birds, I should add. And train blows its horn. And four or five gobblers just 50, 60 yards from us just detonate. And I thought, man, I'm making that up. And I turn around, and I look at him and He's just, he is just like, he's seen a ghost. He's white. You know that look where something immediate has happened and you, and you're you, like, oh. you, you don't have the wherewithal to process it just yeah. yet. He's excited though. It immediately turned to excitement. We get set up on this ridge and every time I touch that call, yo, yo, call. I mean, they're just cutting you off, man. It was, it was one of those mornings where at any moment a bird or birds of a lifetime are going right. to come up over that hill and it's going to look like the night in hell videos you watched on VHS as a kid where it's just it's picture perfect they're scrambling to get set up and everything well birds hung up can't figure out why I'm throwing everything at him I'm cutting at him I'm ticking the I can hear he's got hens with him but I know he's coming this way so I'm taking the hens off I'm cutting real hard and chirping and nothing Nothing. Eventually, they start moving off the other direction. So he and I peep up over the ridge, and I'll be danged if there ain't 40 yards of, of, of slew water Just between us and them. Couldn't get them across it. Just couldn't. Get, I mean, and why would you? If you got a girl on your hip right here, why are you going to run across the, hey, the highway for something else? But Sunday, why'd he leave? I mean, why'd he leave? Yeah. For, I mean, he why? probably didn't have a he probably didn't have a bird on his hip. So that's different. I'll, I'll cross four lanes of traffic for a bird on this side if there ain't a bird on my side of the of the. The interstate. He had four hens by himself. Well. And we pulled him off of him. I don't know how. 
But we we made him uh, I I guess you'd say if if you were with a girl at the bar and and uh, you weren't really with her and uh, you look across the bar and there's one winking at you at the other side and the one that's the one that's that you're with really ain't digging. And the one on the other side of the bar is winking at you. You probably gonna mosey on over there to the other side of the bar, ain't you? Uh, no comment. Um, <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I hear your logic. I'm, I'm with you. If she ain't paying you no mind, of course you were mid morning at that point, right? Yeah, we were. Nine, <clears throat> that might have had something to do yeah. with it. Might have had something to do with it. Yeah. She wasn't having it or what? <clears throat> he could have got his butt kicked by something else and came, came running any variety of reasons. Two Again, yeah. you can't you can't read the mind of a turkey, but. Uh, so we decided to, to whip around and try and cut these birds off. And we chase these jokers, I'll bet you, 900 yards. We get within 100 yards of them in this thick bottom, and we'd sit down and start calling. They'd, they'd come within 50 yards, and you'd hear those hens carry them back off again. Well, finally, we lost those birds, and we had two, two other gobblers, full-grown toms, just laying the wood in the distance. Yup, 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 go, go, go. Big old bird, that real throaty, you know it ain't a Jake. And he's just firing off. And we'd sit there silently, and he'd gobble three times by himself, unprovoked, just just fired up. So we're moseying a little closer. Moseying a little He ain't getting any closer. Why ain't he getting any closer? He ain't leaving. He ain't leaving. So I, using modern technology, pull out my smartphone and look. And we're on. We're, we're facing a peninsula. And it's, it's about 300 yards, and it juts out into this river. I'm thinking... Them hens are down there at the end of that peninsula. These birds have got to come this way. And he agrees. So we ease 30 yards. We call. He gobbles. We're getting closer. We think we're about 100 yards away. And we were 100 yards away. We were right. And he just won't come any closer. And it's just blowing my mind. I'm like, I can see the end of the peninsula. Why aren't these birds coming? Well, we ease a little closer. And I mean real slow steps here now. About belly crawling. Come to find out, those birds are on the other side of a 10-foot creek. <laughs> well, it's the river. About 10 foot wide there. They're on the other side of the bank, staring at our peninsula, gobbling their dadgum heads off, but they would not cross you that freaking river. You couldn't river. do what I did no. with that, could you? No, and I'm, this is coming on the heels of Harvey talking about how he called three birds across the Mississippi River Delta all the way to southeast Georgia and kills these things. I'm sitting here thinking, well, surely these birds are equally as fired up. I'm going to call these dadgum things across this river. Got a sweet talk on me. I'm a sweet talk. So I'm I'm talking about as sexy as I think a turkey can talk. My buddy's got a little slate call. He, he was actually pretty good on that, by the way. I'm gonna throw a plug out there for you, buddy. Uh, I don't know if you want your name thrown out there just yet, but you you were running that twenty dollar Primos call mighty <laughs> fine. I told him that too. I said you just keep that call. But uh, I Layton calls me because he's already killed thirteen birds for the morning and. You know, he's done cleaning them. He's having himself a cold beverage, and he calls me. It's like 10.30 in the morning. I think it's about 10.30, and he says, and I and I, I hang up, I, you know, I ignore the call. He texts me, and he says, put down the calls. I'm like, all right. Think outside the box. It works for Harvey. I put the calls down. Those gobblers sat on that far bank for three or four minutes just gobbling their heads off. Suddenly, they went quiet. We waited a little longer. Waited a little longer. About 10, 15 minutes goes by. They ain't coming across that river. So I said, I wonder if they're still there. God will go, yelp, 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 nothing. Radio silence. Yelp, 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 radio silence. We ease all the way to the bank. Looking, they ain't on the bank anymore. We're about to turn around and leave, and I, I pull out the call, and I cut hard twice. And those jokers lit up on the other side of that bank. Now, here's the deal. I made an ethical decision at this point. 
If that had been public land, it was only a 29-yard shot. I, I, I know it was only about 29, 30 yards. I was going to shoot those birds and swim that daggum creek. But that was public land, and those birds came 29 yards. Well, I'll split the difference and say the property line goes down the river. <laughs> they were 13, 14 yards from death, um, and they were grown birds. <coughs> grown birds. But... Uh, <coughs> <coughs> but they were they were grown birds and I we just we couldn't get them to pull across so we made up our minds that what we were going to do was walk back down that peninsula start walking away and we'd call every once in a while and if they jumped they jumped and if not it's time to right, get home right well funny story <clears throat> we're cruising through this little bottom on the way to find those birds back up about an hour and I start smelling something foul. And I looked at my buddy and I said, you just stepping dog crap? He looked at me. Huh. Is this is this the outhouse? And, and, and he says, dude, why would I have stepped in dog crap? Where would a dog been all the way out here? Because we are easily, it's a, it's, it's a, it's easily 1,500 yards away yeah. from, from where the nearest road is. We're easily 1,500 yards away from the, the closest road, and then you've got to go another five or 600 yards to get, just to get... To where you can drive. To where you... Yeah, yeah. Just, just to where you can park your car. So there's no way we ran up on a dog. Well, on the way back, we're walking, and Buddy taps me on the shoulder and, and points and goes, there's your dog crap. And I look up, and there's a fully functional, darn near brand new outhouse out in the middle of this of this public land. And I'm talking, we're a long ways away now. Yeah, it's a ways. I've been so back I'm, there. Yeah, so I'm thinking, okay, the company bought, the, the, the state bought this land three, four years ago. Nah. Maybe it's been sitting there. Lo and behold, the door's hanging wide open. There are two rolls of, of Charmin double super soft stuff there wrapped up in uh, a Ziploc bag and a fresh brand new plastic still on it Lysol. That joker is live I don't know. Uh, somebody might hear this and know exactly who's using it. My theory is that fishermen put that there because right. when they're out there on the river, they want somewhere to go to the bathroom. Now, that's a whole pile of effort to just not lean up against there, a tree. There must be some fish back there. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're fishing them sloughs and that outhouse yeah. is full. But again, you going to haul all that plywood back there? I mean, it was done up. You going to oh, dig know, a hole? I saw it. I mean, that's a lot of effort. Anyways, it was weird. Uh, no turkeys, but we found a creepy out, and there weren't even trails. Like, that's the thing. It's not getting used that often because where we were, it was ivy vines all around it and, and leaves. So if you were walking any consistency from any direction, we would have seen it. So I don't know. but uh, Somebody's got them up. Somebody fishes a lot yeah. or something. Well, we smelled the brim beds back in there. So, But this past weekend ended it, and we went out Sunday. I, I've been sick. Told you all that at the beginning. I scraped together the muster to go Sunday morning, and uh, not a single bird talked to us. Not a single cotton-picking bird. And I slept in. You slept in. Well, yeah, as much meat as you got in the freezer, I would do. But, yeah. It, no, I needed to sleep. It ended ended that season pretty quickly. Um, and that's kind of left me with a bitter feeling in my mouth. Taste in my mouth, rather. I, You know, it's not so much I feel like I've been slighted. But it's one of those things where the season finale doesn't necessarily have to end with a bird. But not hearing a turkey. But not hearing a single stinking turkey. I mean, we got up at 530, walked back in there, and 
we're walking through some hog infested areas where they're just cutting up the trees and everything and get lost twice trying to get back in there only to not hear a single cotton picking it, thing. Isn't that what they call hunting? Yeah, it's hunting, man. It's hunting. It ain't always fun and games. But I tell you something, I had a good time with him. We walked we, we made the most of it. We found a roost tree. I posted that on Instagram and uh had a good old time. Found some good sign, found a good trail. I'm gonna tell y'all something. Little little secret. If y'all don't want other people who are new to the area to know where your favorite hunting spots are, fourteen miles of flagging tape wrapped around all the trees on your way back there. That makes it mighty easy for me to figure out right where you're hunting. And we ended up following the flagging tape all the way over that bottom that morning. And we found some killer deer spots and we found some killer hog spots. You sure they weren't marking the outhouse? Well, I didn't even think about that. But no, no, they weren't. And And I can tell you why. Because we were at the closest... At the closest, we were a thousand yards away from that outhouse, and they went in the opposite direction. I don't know what the flagging tape was. What color was it? Orange. Hmm. It was just a lazy hunter. And then on the way in, we we found a flagging tape because on the way in there were forty two hundred freaking white eyes to get back. That joker was not getting lost. Every tree had four or five. Somebody of them on was there. a little scared to, yeah. to be walking around. Somewhere. I'll be honest with you, man. I'd be a little skittish really? walking down that. Oh yeah! If you saw some of the sign, I didn't take photos. I don't know why. I have this this seven hundred dollar GPS flagging device, safety device, and an HD camera. I never think to take freaking photos with the See, thing. Here's the thing, Walt. Walt scared of pigs. I am scared of coming up on something. Weighing 200 pounds with something called birdshot in my shotgun. Yeah, that does that does make the hairs on the back of my neck stand See, up. See, I kind of grew up with them and had them run over me and all that. I ain't scared. I've been in the pen with them. And well, I've been in the pen with them, too. My problem is I don't want to get in between a sow and her, and her babies. I've done that. I have, too, that's and I don't want to be dan- doing that dance at night. Oh, man. That's Especially a- with a young kid, by- well, a young hunter behind me. Oh, man. That's, it's, I mean, that's hunting, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's hunting. <laughs> kind of like paddling across ammonia in the night. All right, that ain't even fair. It's, it's, <laughs> Story for another time. There's, 17, there's 15 foot alligators out there wearing a 12 foot canoe. <laughs> 10 I have foot a, kayak. I have a reason to be a little jumpy, and I can't swim, mind you, because yeah, I just had knee. knee surgery. Bum knee. I can, I'm not even supposed to be out doing anything. But uh, yeah, that's a different day. Yep. That's, that'll be funny. Yeah, that'll be a good story. That'll be a when good we get story. closer to duck season, we got some hysterical duck hunting stories i think that y'all will enjoy and uh some real practical advice as well but uh closing thoughts do you have any anything you want to share to them any words of wisdom that you want to impart on the next generation of turkey slayers (laughs) work hard at it work hard work hard at it and don't give up just because you don't kill anything yeah that's all I can say because right. I didn't kill turkeys for a long time. R- rate this season on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best season you've ever had. Yeah, probably 10. 10. Probably one go. of the better seasons I've ever had, definitely. 9, 8, 9, definitely. I'd, I'd probably put it in the same category. I had one turkey season. I hunted with my dad a lot for turkeys, and we had some close encounters on public land, and that was cool. But, uh, yeah. So, well, anyways, y'all. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed our storytelling. We're going to probably start to incorporate some more 
tactics into things and have some other stuff but uh, break we, stuff down a little more we we got a late start in this podcast relative to turkey season and i didn't want y'all to go without a an update as to what's been going on i felt like there's a lot that's that's happened for the two of us and but uh, if you enjoyed this please like us on itunes or podbean if you found us there or uh i'm sorry soundcloud follow us on instagram and facebook Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Please go to the Wild Game Inc. page on Instagram or and follow them. See what they're all about. Their Drew runs a fine operation, and I guarantee you that that uh, his step ladder will change how you how you hunt deer, and you'll find it to be as big a benefit as as we do yep. coming into this next season. Um, and if you got any questions, comments, or topics that you'd like to have discussed uh elaborated on laughed about or story you'd just like to share we would love to hear from you so please feel free to reach out to us and uh just share what you've got to share and we'll talk to you soon see y'all appreciate it be good Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.